Hello, and welcome to the Attribution Marketing Podcast, where we help businesses, entrepreneurs, and enterprise marketers get more out of every advertising dollar that they spend. On today's episode, we have David Christopher from Tailwind, the number one Pinterest and Instagram marketing app available on the market. And David is going to discuss with us how they use Tailwind, LeadsRx, and Attribution to drive better campaign success for their clients. David, it's a pleasure having you. How are you today? Hey, Lucas. I am great. Thank you. Excited to get into this. Yeah, of course. Tell us about your background and just fill in the details about how you got to where you are today. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm a former journalist um, turned SEO. Uh, worked at the Daily Telegraph for a while, um, basically making sure we got as much uh, traffic as possible from Google and other sources and pivoted that into building an agency, a digital marketing services agency within a newspaper here in Oklahoma. I'm from England, but uh, live in Oklahoma City. Um, grew that into uh, you know a, a good size agency and, uh, and then... Um, sort of pivoted my career. Um, I wanted to uh, move beyond SEO and content marketing, which was my, my specialisms. And so I moved over to Tailwind. Uh, and uh, we've been we've been growing the what is now the number one uh, Pinterest and Instagram marketing tool. Um, and I'm the, the director of marketing. So uh, started with uh, just me and one other one other person. And uh, now we're a team of 13. We just made our 13th hire, you know, a full stack of, of marketing marketers um, with the data uh, to back up our decisions. For everybody who's trying to get more out of Instagram, social media, mm. Pinterest, tell us how Tailwind works and what they can expect if they use the app. Um, we're a, a kind of mass market consumer solution for SMBs uh, with a price point like 10 to $15. Uh, we're a scheduling tool. Uh, and uh, on Pinterest, there's really no comparison but we're finding that you know folks can design pins in just a couple of minutes uh, in this way, uh, and and then you publish them on Pinterest, and Pinterest is uh, a fantastic traffic source if that's where your audience is. Uh, it's the fastest growing, and it's the second only to Facebook, whose traffic, uh, who has a traffic source, have been declining ever since they've um, really made the move to uh, pushing paid ads and reducing organic. So Pinterest is often an undiscovered or un. Um, uh, so that's what we do on the Pinterest side, allow you to kind of schedule out weeks of content really in minutes. Uh, and on the Instagram side, it's a similar kind of deal. We have um, we have a tool that uh, will suggest a plan for you. So like, hey, here's a content plan based on your business type, allows you to kind of preview your grid before you post and, and schedule out a whole bunch of um, a whole bunch of posts in advance. Um, we have a hashtag finder that suggests the best hashtags. Uh, we'll automatically um, post them in your first comment, uh, allow you to save hashtag lists. You can use them again later. Um, and we're we're an Instagram partner tool as well as a Pinterest official partner tool. Um, so that means that we can auto post for you. So um, you just load up that schedule, make it look beautiful, uh, get the right hashtags in there so you're going to get the right reach. And then we do everything else in the back, on the back side. So you don't have to keep uh, logging into Instagram and, and posting your, your content every other uh, day. Are you saying that Tailwind can, in fact, publish on your behalf because of your partner status? I am indeed saying exactly that, yes. Wow, cool. That alone right there is worth the, the monthly fee. 
uh, kudos on being yeah, one of their close the door on unofficial partners. <laughs> so uh, yeah, really, it's 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 only official partners who can do this kind of thing now. So walk us through how attribution has been part of that growth and how at Tailwind you've been measuring your performance across all those different channels that you guys use in your marketing campaigns. One of our co-founders sent me a piece, uh, you know, a, a blog post, and essentially it was, hey, the first thing you need to set up is your 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 data. Um, that's the thing you've got to get right because all the other decisions you're going to make are going to be based on on that data. I, I created reports that basically say, well, you know, how many signups are we getting? How many upgrades are we getting? And and where are they coming from? I kind of jury rigged it together. We could only see first or last touch attribution and everything else, all the other data just got junked essentially along the way. And then there were various different channels like Google uh, and search engines that were, that were were a little bit challenging to really track. But the idea was, hey, let's take all this data and every month um, let's put it into a spreadsheet uh, and let's try and see if we can find uh, data from the very top of the funnel when folks enter to the very bottom of the funnel advocacy and everything in between um, and put it into one spreadsheet and see if we can track over time um, what's working and, and what's not. That kind of V1, um, and this was pre-Leads RX, and Leads RX has really leveled this up, but um, this is pre-Leads RX. So uh, we would just have that, uh, it was all uh, last click attribution, I believe was what, no, it was first click. We were doing all of this through first click attribution. Which is which is problematic because it turns out that there are like seven touch points in the typical journey before somebody actually converts. So, first first touch, <laughs> last touch. You're leaving a lot of de- uh, detail on the table there. So keep going with with sure. this uh, breakdown because I think it's this really highlights where a lot of people start with attribution, and mm-hmm. it really highlights what the problem is. So so keep going. We're interested to yeah. hear how you solved it this idea of the funnel all right this spreadsheet the, the kind of what, what we started to do was we we would pull um impressions data from our from our social media engagement data from our social media and then like blog traffic from our google analytics and then catalog site which is essentially website traffic it's first click and upgrade data again first click by channel <clears throat> and then um upsell data so we have a couple of upsells within our product um and then advocacy data so that would be like our nps net promoter score and um affiliates uh, and um, referrals referral invites folks kind of sharing their referral code of our uh, tool to others uh, so they both kind of get money off basically you know um as really one person i would kind of interpret it and forced the entire marketing team to sit through a meeting in which I just kind of chatted through everything that was happening from the top to the bottom of the funnel and maybe called on people here and there and maybe made suggestions here and there. That was V1. Um, We kind of, from the team, as it grew, was we kind of hate this meeting. And so I knew I had to kind of rebuild this thing. These folks should be owning their own data. Um, They were all the channel managers. So the channels that were represented throughout this funnel were all owned by them. Uh, and so in V2, what we did was um, had them report on their own channels. And so, um, you know, that that was cool. Uh, and that really kind of gave them ownership of um, of their channels and of the data and of the, um, we call it insights and action items. So each channel has a slide. Um, 
and in this meeting that's monthly and th that slide includes the data and then the insights and action items and we all as a team talk through you know what each of us has contributed as channel owners and then the magic happens between the channel owners where for example the inbound person might be saying you know here we're seeing this growth and the reason is when i dug into it it's this webinar um, that's doing really well and this and then the ads manager says hey uh that's something that uh, i need to promote uh send me that because we don't have an ad campaign for that yet but the other thing that happened with v2 was leads rx um we decided that um that this the, the, the data that we we're getting just wasn't good enough um and we wanted to move to weighted multi-touch attribution we're going to give m most of the attribution to to these points and some to the points in the middle um and uh that was the recommendation of um of uh, your team as we were onboarded so what happened here is that middle whack of the funnel the signups um and the upgrades uh, and the upsells, we now had this data by source um, and it pushed us to revisit our UTMs and we got really tight on our UTMs. So we use the, these now to really track all of our campaigns. So everything is really well UTM'd. So we know exactly you know, what's driving what. Um, and that allows us to kind of go deep. So when we see like, hey, inbound is performing well, we can go and say, well, what specifically within inbound is performing well pretty quickly with those UTMs. So that was a big level up for us. Um, the data got better in that um, it was more realistic, more accurate. Uh, we have this, you know, this, this pretty clean data and we have that funnel process and it's all kind of centralized. Um, and LeadsRx is this kind of central piece for this, this whole process, which is awesome. You're writing the book here. I have nothing to add. You're, <laughs> we haven't even got to the to the beginning yet. You've attempted to solve it with spreadsheets and your own your own data, and that is the a really strong first step. But anybody that's in a multi-touch environment, where like you mentioned, your customers have seven plus touch points in the average journey, you have to get beyond first click and last click. And it sounds like Took you a couple iterations to get there, but now you guys are mm -hmm. uh, doing very well with a, a weighted multi-touch model. And it's highlighting those insights and getting the team involved and everybody's on the same page. Does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah, it does. But uh, this pixel, uh, essentially, uh, we put it on all of our catalog, all of our like public facing marketing type pages. And every time anyone visits it, um, uh, leads rx kind of says oh yeah okay so we've never seen you before um we're going to kind of remember this piece of data and the next time they show up it says oh yeah it's you again uh, you're on the same ip address or however um the various different ways you guys can um, figure out who that person is but it ties that journey together and that was the thing that kind of made me aha the aha moment for me was now we have that record for each individual person of, of that journey that they took and one of the cool things about leads rx that I can then say, okay, this particular customer, what was their journey? And this is the bit that really opens people's eyes when, when I show it to them and they, when they join the team and I show it to them. Um, we'll look at, for example, um, uh, we'll say, uh, who has, up, uh, who has uh, bought this, this upsell recently? Well, let's look at everything they've done before they bought that upsell. And that's quite a journey, right? Because this is an upsell within the product. So we can see, 
you know, just all of the marketing assets essentially that they have interacted with during that whole time, we get a really good sense of the customer journey. Um, and and that, that's, that's, that's really valuable. Tried to determine what the correlation was between upgrades, so people who are buying our software and each of the different stages throughout that funnel to see what has the highest correlation in any given month with, with upgrades. The number of free trials was actually only the second highest correlation uh, between the number of upgrades. We were sure it would be the highest. Um, but interestingly, the highest correlation, and it was a very high correlation, was, um, was search to the catalog site, which is predominantly branded search. So people searching for Tailwind. What we discovered essentially through this was that the that, that folks who are searching for Tailwind um, are highly motivated. Uh, they're ready to 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 buy to sign up and buy. Uh, the conversion rate for those folks is really high, and ultimately that kind of rewired how we were thinking about the whole marketing engine. Because what it said to us was, well, what drives that that traffic? And we actually then went ahead and um, tried to answer that. And what we did was we put a survey. Um, out for folks, and we asked them, hey, who was most influential in your buying decision? 60% of them could name the person. That Google traffic and that direct traffic buckets, which are um, big and uh, often the lion's share of conversions. And, and what we found from this, comparing the, the attribution data, so where did we see them click from, and the uh, survey data, ultimately, was that, that there was, um, we, we learned what was motivating the direct traffic and the, Google, and the Google search traffic. And it was being motivated. And what it was being motivated by was brand, essentially. All of those brand building exercises um, that we think that we think about. Um, and that was really kind of unlocking. So now we're in the best of all case, cases, the best scenario for any marketer, in my opinion, which is we have that deep channel data where we can see exactly what's going on um, with all the different channels um, and, and what might be uh, influencing click-through conversions uh, wherever it can be tracked. But we also aren't locked into it. We also kind of have this respect of the brand side and an understanding that um, two of the biggest buckets, um, search, uh, branded search specifically, and direct traffic are really motivated by by our brand efforts uh, and, and kind of word of mouth out in the ecosystem, uh, which kind of frees us to invest in both equally. You need to be known before you're needed. And I think that's what you're highlighting. Why is this happening? And you've used attribution and a lot of uh, your data to answer that question. And it allows you to make that decision and have an impartial source of data rather than anecdote or rather than one of those channel uh, leaders saying, well, I have a hunch that this is going to work. In fact, this is what's working. This is what is not working. Here's how we're going to pivot. Talk us through maybe some of those key results, key metrics, whether it's return on ad spend or conversion rate or lifetime customer value. How have those things been impacted by your use of attribution? Okay, similarly, again, um, taking LeadsRx data and um, looking at it through a slightly different lens, let's attribute all of the conversions that happened to the most impactful URLs. 
So we call that a content conversion. <laughs> and um, so taking those content conversions, you know, we can flip around and we can see signups or upgrades. Um, so what, what I did was I took that data um, uh, and then the next column is how many signups happened. And then the next column is how many of those people completed onboarding, which is a LeadsRx uh, conversion that we also track. And then the next uh, column is how many people upgraded. And then the next column is how many people upsold. And one of the things that we immediately saw was that our most successful blog posts by traffic uh, had some of our lowest sign-up conversion rates. By comparison, uh, some of the some of the posts that had lower amounts of traffic, significantly lower amounts of traffic, had much higher sign-up rates. Um, and what, of course, what we were looking for here was like which of these pieces of blog content, when we can get somebody to it who signs up, then those folks are good leads because they upgrade, and then ideally even they upsell as well. And what we learned from this whole exercise essentially was. The blog posts that worked for us were the ones where the answer to the inherent question posed by the post was tailwind, like the best answer was tailwind. And a good example there would be, um, we have this great hashtag finder tool that I already mentioned. And for a post like hashtag research, that's the kind of post that for us could do, could do it all, could get the traffic and ultimately get it to upgrade. If you sort of put the channels down for a minute and say, regardless of all the channels, regardless of who's sending mm -hmm. me these prospects, which of my pages are most impactful in getting people to convert? And you sort of use this feedback engine, this loop to basically say, well, these types of posts are disproportionately good at converting. We need to find a way to make this post sticky or make more posts like this or reference this post from our homepage because we know when people consume this content or read it it puts them in a mindset where they're ready to convert or start the trial or do the upgrade you've really done a great job you have to give yourself some credit of attacking attribution from all angles and you're firing in all cylinders what's sort of next for tailwind where are you going to take attribution or take your product how are you going to squeeze even more juice out of the lemon? What's next is um, is democratizing this data and this way of thinking um, to allow to empower uh, and create the expectation for everybody on the team uh, to to utilize it and to think like this. Now people enjoy this meeting and they're very productive, highly productive as a marketing function and highly collaborative. And that's great, um, but we can keep pushing. Uh, you know, as new folks join the team, that's a, a you know we have to do it all over again. We have to kind of find the right, um, or as new channels are open, we're going to find the right way to tell the story. What are the right data sources for this? And then you know, how do we create a slide for that? And then how do we continue to kind of tell that story and continue to make that expectation of that channel leader to to own that data? Because in my experience, both as an SEO and as a director of marketing. Um, Having the data flow through you uh, builds up this instinct for the engine that is happening sort of underneath you, the marketing engine that is happening underneath you. And the more you can have that data flow through you, the more you can understand it, the more you can kind of, the more you can action it. So 
getting the team, empowering the entire team to do that um, is is what's next. Sounds like you're circulating that information, getting the teams buy-in. Mm-hmm. Marketing has so much data. You know, you can get lost in top of funnel, mid funnel, bottom of the funnel, conversion rates, click-through rates, traffic sources, mediums, Google search console. Like it's unbelievable how much you can reach out and grab if you spend 30 minutes just looking. Executives, the C-suite really can't operate on that level. And so attribution boils down sort of the combination of what the marketing department does and what the sales department does. And with Tailwind, that sales department sort of is the app, is the product, and that's fantastic. Mm -hmm, But it's still selling a proportion of the prospects that marketing is sending its way. And so the C-suite needs to know how, from a big picture, that's working. The creatives need to know from a big picture what messaging is working. Um, And the marketing department needs to hear back from sales what's closing and what's not. And so you have done a tremendous job building out all those feedback loops and getting everybody's buy-in. And I think the results speak for themselves. What are some of these insights that you've not only learned for yourself, for Tailwind in your career, but also seeing all these client accounts uh, across the board at Tailwind? What sort of the tips and tricks that you can give to our audience about how to get the most out of those channels and how to get the most out of Tailwind if they were to work with you? So we just launched a a tool called Pinterest, called uh, Tailwind Create. Pinterest is a huge opportunity for many marketers. If your audience is on Pinterest, <clears throat> and a good way to kind of determine that is go check out Pinterest's top categories. Um, then a good way to kind of, then it's a great network, essentially. And why is it a great network? Because Pinterest drives traffic. Organic Pinterest still drives traffic. <clears throat> and by the way, paid Pinterest is a great channel too, uh, if you have a business model that supports that. Um, as with any auction, um, you want to be in the auction where the whole of the rest of the world isn't. Uh, so you can get some great uh, cost per clicks on on Pinterest if you're if ads float your boat. So uh, on the Pinterest organic side, though, uh, Pinterest are kind of kind of changing their platform a lot. Um, you know, they're they're doing great right now um, with all that's going on in the world and folks uh, spending a lot more time on their devices. Uh, Pinterest are finding a lot of traffic. Um, they're also uh, growing internationally um, really, really well, really strongly. A lot of their growth is international as well. We built Tailwind Create to help those folks who aren't there yet get there really quickly. Uh, it will it will build pins for you. And hey, I don't have photography on those pages. Well, just stock photos right in the app. You know, it you can just start selecting stock photos instead. Um, and we can create pins based on templates that work, that we know work um, from our data. We can create these pins for you in moments, and you can have an effective Pinterest strategy and, and a schedule full of pins that are going to go out over the coming however long you want to you know, put in. Um, and you know, in minutes, in minutes, you can get started, have pins going out. And in an hour, you can you can basically have a new channel up and running. Um, that's pretty game changing for folks. And uh, Tailwind, our mission is to make world class marketing easy for everyone. 
And we started it with Pinterest. We, we moved into Instagram and um, we believe now we have the, the, the best solution on the Instagram side as well. Um, but we're moving beyond that. Um, and you can kind of see the directions that, that we're heading and the kind of interesting things that we're trying to do. We're trying to unlock um, unlock marketing uh, and, and just make it make it make it easy. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Let's do a quick recap. You got to start with the data. If you don't have accurate data, that's the foundation. Everything that flows after that is going to be a challenge or is going to be biased or compromised in one way or another. So start with clean data. Once you have that, you really want to start looking at a robust and meaningful attribution tool. Deploying that attribution tool is going to allow you to listen to all those channels, listen to how your content performs once those visitors get to those content pieces, and ultimately how well all of that works together to drive conversions. And so we're really chasing a return on ad spend across the board from all these channels, measuring everything that's happening in one third-party unbiased tool that can surface those insights for you. David does a great job with that, and he breaks down insights and action items for the entire team. And the results speak for themselves. Tailwind now has over 700,000 clients. It is the dominant player in the Pinterest and Instagram scheduling space, and they're making big moves. David, thank you so much for dropping that knowledge on us. If you are looking for more results from your Pinterest and Instagram marketing campaigns, you got to go check out Tailwind. That's it for today, guys. This is the Attribution Marketing Podcast signing off. Mm -hmm.